Greg, Maya, and Betty are not experts, nor do they claim to be. They're just a bunch of nerds who enjoy talking about movies, shows, and current events. So sit back, grab a coffee, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of All Queued Up. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Queued Up, the review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher and Betty Badger. How have you two been this week? Um, I have been medically violated in more ways than I'd like to talk about, so... We're going to move right on to Miss Maya. <laughs> uh, I've been good. I've been good. I, I, um, I had a doctor's appointment last week myself. I uh, got one upcoming tomorrow, but I also have uh, a meeting tomorrow evening with a voice coach to help me work on my voice tomorrow evening for a couple of hours. Awesome. Um Smirch to church parking lot this week. Um, <laughs> I didn't think we'd be talking about that, but okay. No, that's 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 all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And played a lot of Red Dead Redemption too. Um, yeah, so I've had a good week overall. On the over under, I've I've come out on top. How about you, Greg? I've had a ho hum week. Nothing really noteworthy per se like uh a lot of working trying to trying to make sure that we make rent and make other bills in the house and whatnot so it's just been a lot of working and that's it i did download on my playstation the uh, remake of ratchet and clank and if you have a playstation right. you can get that game for free um very good game very fun uh highly recommend i've never but- really been a fan of the Ratchet and Clank games. I was more of a Jack and Dexter guy. Um, so I never really got into Ratchet and Clank because they both started about the same time. Yeah, I, I didn't play either. Don't know why. Hmm. I have no reason behind it, but I never played either. Um, honestly, like check this one out, Maya. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's both platformy, but also like there's a, a grinding mechanic to it. So you can level up your stuff and unlock new things. It's, I think you'd enjoy it, honestly. Um, but it was like that, that and out. yeah, that's it. I, I tried to play um, Bravely Default too, and I just, oh. I just think side or uh, um, um, turn-based games are just not for me. I just don't enjoy them that much. I've got the, I've got Bravely Default and Bravely Default too, but I've got them for the 3DS. Um, I need did Bravely Default? I thought Bravely Default dude just came out. It just came out for the Switch, but I'm pretty sure I have it on the 3DS. I'll have to dig through. I'm pretty sure I do. Um, I could um, be wrong. Um. Yeah, it's only on the Switch. I think you have a sequel to something else. Oh, the direct sequel was brave. It was it's, it's bravely second. Bravely okay, second that's what I have. have. I have bravely yeah. second. 
Yeah, Default 2 just came out for the Switch, so. Which is confusing, but kind of goes in line with Japanese-based RPGs that have weird naming schemes, so whatever. Um, But yeah. Well, see, uh, I had the second one. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Anyway, guys, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, where do we go from here? Um, guys, we're going to talk about the finale of WandaVision. We're going to talk about the series as a whole and what we thought of it, and then we're going to talk about some news that happened that is cracking us up, and the uh, the the reality of what people are thinking is going on. So, um, that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, so, why don't we go ahead and dive into WandaVision, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, so WandaVision's over. We have all the answers that we need. Um, I will be bringing something up while we're talking about it because Matt Shackman, the guy who co-wrote and directed all of WandaVision, uh, was on the Kevin Smith podcast, Fat Man Beyond, and answered a lot of questions. A lot of questions that maybe people were a little confused by. What's funny is that a lot of the stuff that he answered, I already kind of thought was the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, and again, guys, if you're watching this and you have not watched episode nine, we will be talking spoilers. <laughs> uh, just keep that in mind. The reveal of Ralph Boner. What did you two think of that? Well, you know, I did think that Agnes's slash Agatha, her husband, Ralph, that she always mentioning, I I figured he would come into play as some importance. Um, Just not as important as we thought it was. Um, Honestly, again, uh, going on the idea that you know, there are multiverses. Well, there's obviously going to be you and me who might be mutants and you and me who are not at all anything like that and say he's just one of those people. And she played off that fact. I mean, I don't know, but he came in handy. He was a thrall by all respects, I would say, you know, and I, I mean, it was kind of like, okay, there's nothing more to this story, really. So that that's how I felt about it, and we just moved on. Okay. Um, a lot of people felt, quote-unquote, betrayed because they thought that there was more to Ralph. Um, and to me, he was he was exactly what he was meant to be. He's a red herring. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he is a uh, – in, in, the, in the magic world, uh, like magicians and uh, illusionists, so in, in, in the world of illusionists and, and magicians and all that kind of stuff, there's um, sleight of hand. Everyone kind of knows about it. Um, but the general idea is like, look over here while I fucking pull a card out of my ass. Like, it's, it's basically what they were trying to do with the show by giving you different things that were complete fucking red, red herrings. Because um, one of the other red herrings in the show was um, uh, Dottie. Uh, people pointed out that uh, her entire character was like, "What's up with her? Why did her hand bleed bleed red?" And, um, uh, you know, like uh, in the second episode, uh, um, what's her name? Um, Agatha says, or Agnes at the time says that like her roses are yellow, and people went, "Oh shit, she's like this other character that has yellow magic." 
complete fucking red herring. It was the idea, the general idea is what Matt said in that, in the uh, Kevin Smith podcast was that um, the entire idea behind Ralph Boner is a, his name is actually a reference to Boner from um, uh, the wonder year or growing pains. Family ties. Is it, is it, I can't remember. It's, growing, it's Mike Seaver. Growing pains. Mike, growing pains. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, Mike, yeah, yeah. Mike Seaver's friend. Um, yeah, he, he says that like that was, that was the idea behind the name because he shows up in the 80s episode. Um, granted, he's more in the um, Malcolm Middle style episode, but like he shows up in the fucking 80s version. So, um, he also made a comment that uh, um, uh, the idea behind um, having Quicksilver there and having Evan Peters cast as Quicksilver or Pietro, Fietro in this case, was he he was never going to cast Aaron Taylor Johnson. Or is it Aaron, J- Aaron Johnson Taylor? Whatever. Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Taylor Johnson, okay. He was never going to cast him in that role because the idea is to have somebody that looks kind of similar but isn't quite right to show that Wanda's grief has completely ignored the fact that he looks different for the sake that her brother's back. That's what he wanted to express with that character. Um, and I kind of understood that. Uh, I, I kind of had that like concept, especially after that episode aired. Um, and also to get people hoping that for one thing and completely have them, it's a fake out in regards to, you know, because as soon as people saw him, they're like, this is how we're getting mutants. No, it's not. He I actually hoped it would it. lead to us. I hoped it would yeah. lead to that, but I'm okay with it not. So, you know, it yeah, was he, still he, a cool moment. He admitted that he was like, I knew people were going to make the connection that Evan Peters was, you know, Quicksilver in the Fox franchise. What he goes, what I didn't anticipate was that people were going to make it into this multiverse thing. That that's Wanda was merging universes. I didn't expect that at all. (laughs) He kind of should have, though, because she had already been cast in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie. So it's kind of easy to put those two things together. Which he also, you know, really brings in that ending. So, yeah, yeah. Um, he also uh, brought up that there was a, a completely scrapped episode. Um, he said the reason it was scrapped is there were already too many moving parts. But the idea for the episode was that um, uh, after Monica releases Ralph from the necklace, uh, they find Darcy, like Darcy comes into town or whatever. Um, the three of them get the boys and they go into Agatha's basement or her, her, whatever that you want to call that, um, to get the dark hold. And, um, in the process of doing this, uh, Senor Scratchy is actually a demon that is a familiar to Agatha and transforms. And they have this like Goonies style fucking adventure in her basement. Um, but again, he said that was scrapped because, uh, too many moving parts already for the second and last episode. So um, he also felt like it, 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 it distracted from Wanda who was supposed to be the main focus of the soul series. Yeah. Yeah. 
as much as I enjoy Cat Dennings and everything, I don't think that would have been a good route to go. So kind of glad they did nix that. Yeah, because Kevin now, Smith was like, what was the point of having, you know, Senior Scratchy eat the fucking bird? And he was like, oh, well, that's because it was going to lead to this. And so that's how that started. But what do you say, Betty? Gotcha. How did you guys like um, Wanda using um, Agatha's broom magic against her on such a huge scale and her not even noticing Agatha when they um, were fighting? I thought it was a, it was clever. I mean, it's, it's classic Marvel to like use the villains own hubris against them. Yeah. You know how it ended with Agatha. Um, do you feel like she will be used in future roles within the so. series? I hope so. Yeah, I definitely yeah, she, hope so. She's a good uh Oh yeah. She's a she's a fun character. And you know, it does you know, she wasn't really I still don't classify her as super villainous. No, I don't you know. either. You know, and uh then there's the uh fight between the two um the two, two who visions. are the one. Uh, fun fun fact about that by the way uh andy andy and i were talking about it and i had a, I had a good laugh because uh apparently um <laughs> andy said uh something along the lines of like blah 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 white vision and zach goes you can't say that dad <laughs> is, is oh, but he is <laughs> so and, that, and and andy had to be like that's literally what he's called zach it's, it's not anything other than the fact that he is colored white and he is the white vision <laughs> It's not but, like some type of white supremacy fucking manifesto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing about like uh, kids in this age, especially being on the internet. It's they're trying to kind of get a grasp on all this, so they you know misspeak like that, and it's pretty funny. But um, I loved it. I thought going uh, metaphysical and uh, talking about the ship of Theseus and stuff like that. I was like, that's a hundred percent how I envision vision actually handling a situation. I mean, that's it to an extent. That's how like the, the conversation between him and ultra and Ultron ended. Yeah. Before he yeah. killed Ultron. Yeah. Um, the, the ending where they are saying goodnight to the boys, that one hit me really hard, you know, because it's like, you know, a nuclear blast is coming and you don't want your kids to be afraid. So you tell them goodnight. You know, and try and act normal, and I was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, yeah. it was heartbreaking for me. You know, I mean, God, the whole yeah, thing I mean, was such a mess, and and seeing the ending where she was in the cabin with her tea, and then you saw the bedroom, and you're like, oh, well, this makes a whole lot of sense about why she's gonna be in the Doctor Strange movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody was like, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter say like that, like as a father, that was such a weird situation. Like she should have fought tooth and nail to keep her kids and yada, yada. But they like, weren't so real. Well, then that's, and that's exactly what I like. I think other people responded with was like, A, she knew they weren't real. So they were going to go away eventually. B, she ain't done fucking trying to find them clearly. Like she will fight tooth and nail to get her kids back to get vision back. Yeah, if she that's... can make them corporal, she would, you know. Um, if she can achieve this, good for her. It 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think I honestly think that uh, she will. She'll bring Wiccan and um, Speed, Speed into into the MCU in some fashion. Uh, I think that Multiverse of Madness is going to do that because I do think that Marvel is going to try to at least in Phase Five bring in the Young Avengers and um, like Miss Marvel and. Uh, Speed and Wiccan are part of the Young Avengers in the comics. So, yeah, and also, um, um, shit, derailed. Thought derailed. Never mind. <laughs> Train wreck inside my brain. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. Like, I, I thought I, I love fucking Scarlet Witch's new outfit. Fucking love it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's I love how it's a nod to the classic look, but fits in the with the MCU look so fucking yeah. well. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Olsen said that she didn't want she didn't want a corset that just like like had like a lot of cleavage, and she's so happy that they gave her what this because she loves corsets, but she didn't want you know something very booby. Yeah, it's not the thirsty fanboys. Thirsty fanboys want it. Well, though. they can draw some fanfics or can, pay somebody to do it for them. They can you suck know? my whole dick. I don't care. Like I hate fanboys so fucking much. You're not the only one. Love oh. the movie. So, do we <laughs> want to give it a grade? Yeah, we can give it a grade. I mean, I I can't think of anything else to kind of pop in with. Well, oh, it answered before, all before we do before we do that. What do you think? Uh, wh- where do you think what the White Vision is? Good. For I think we'll see him again because he's he just having kinda... existential thoughts. Is what he's doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, because he has. He's probably he has sitting all, on the highest mountain. <laughs> he has all of Vision's memories and none of the fucking context or emotional attachment. It's like it's like somebody told you a dream to him. Yeah. So, hundred percent existential he's, life. He's he's still out there somewhere, um, and he'll be back. So. I can't back. wait. I can't wait until we see him show up. I'm just wondering when it will be. Also, also, uh, uh, Paul Bettany, fuck you, and I love you. How <laughs> dare you go? How dare you tell us in an interview that you have a scene with somebody you've always wanted to work with, and it is just you, you motherfucker. <laughs> Friday morning. <laughs> Friday morning after the like it was like six in the morning he was on like uh, some talk or some uh, interview show and he was just like he admitted like he was like yeah I was just messing with fans. <laughs> That's genius though. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, Hi, I love Foxy it. Brown. Um, yeah, I'm 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 assuming that he will show back up at some point as a. As a character that's go- I don't think he's ever going to be an adversary. No. But it's like it's like in the comic, the way that they got White Vision to become Vision again was that he had to implant the memories of another vision from another dimension to become Vision again in the comic. Like that's how they did that. And they're clearly not gonna do this with this, I don't think. No, I mean he's already they've already established that he has Vision's memories, he just doesn't have the context of their relationship post snap, which was basically everything she fabricated, you know, that vision didn't have any recollection of his life before. Yeah. So 
But yeah, he's sitting on a mountain thinking. He's he's got some shit to contemplate, man. I hope he comes back as as a as an like a, an ally. Like he fights some other new big villain, maybe King the Conqueror. I don't fucking know. I'm excited for him to come back though. And Paul Bettany, oh, yeah. like he's like he's like Paul Bettany's like yeah, that's my character. I will continue to play him as long as they want me to. <laughs> it's like fuck you. I'd like to see Darcy come back in other, you know, series as you know, because again, she's fun comic relief and she's cute, and I like I like her. Uh, I agree with you. Also, Jimmy Woo. I want Jimmy Woo to come back too. Mm-hmm. I like him too. Yeah, have you seen the people uh, the memes? People are like give us a new X Files with these two, and he's yeah. just doing Darcy. <laughs> that would be but it's just, awesome. It's, it's a show that's about those two going to different locations and finding, like you said, like X Files, but it's all related to Marvel. It's all Marvel yeah. based. It, like, oh my god, there's so much they could pull from. There's literally a, a Marvel encyclopedia that's this fucking thick. Like it's it's wow. a large, mm-hmm. it's huge. I mean, you got 80 years of shit and like tons of writers and stuff. Like, Marvel goes uh, in multiple, fo- like, Hercules exists in Marvel. Like, there's that entire goddamn, like, like story. Yeah, it's, the it's whole insane. Greek pantheon. Yeah. Uh, they could have exists. like a time machine, too. Oh, yeah. You know, that would be cool. Like, there's so much. I, I'm. Um, Let's not give Disney well. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a question for you. Um, in the first post credit scene where uh, Monica goes into the um, theater and sees a scroll, mm-hmm. uh, I saw a lot of people very confused as to how Monica didn't freak out. Because um, she's grown <laughs> up with weird shit. <laughs> well, she literally was friends with a scroll. Like in, in yeah. Captain Marvel, like she hung out with a, with a, with a little scroll girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but the but the girl the the one that that shapeshifted in front of her said, uh, "A friend would like to meet with you," and people have said that that is uh, uh, Captain Marvel, but I say that it's it's Nick Fury. I was assuming she was referring to Nick Fury because the last we saw Fury, he was on that Scroll space station. Right. Yeah, right. I That's had no exactly. idea. I was like, "Ooh, who wants to meet her?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, we know that we know Jeff that that explained the in. connection between you know the the person and her. I was like, how's she not freaking out right now? Because she's already interacted with these people. I was like, oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. yeah, oh, I had no idea. <laughs> A lot of people like forgot about that because I guess they forgot Far From Home, and I was like, nope, that was like the last Marvel thing that we saw before the you know twenty twenty break. Um. But uh, which we weren't even supposed to have a break in 2020. We were supposed to have uh, Black, Black Widow, Widow uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and um, um, Eternals all last year. <laughs> but COVID. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's Nick Fury because a what we saw in Far From Home, but also b um, I don't think Carol is on that Squirrel space station. I think she no. is off doing other shit. So, but we know that she that the actress who plays Monica has been cast in Captain Marvel 2. We know that. So, awesome. Alongside oddly enough, Miss Marvel. 
Like the actress who plays her has also been cast in Captain Marvel too. So I don't know how that's. Oh, the, the one that's going to be playing Kamala Khan. Yeah. And Greg yeah. froze. Uh oh. Not on my screen. Can you hear me? I can see him. Oh, yeah, he's frozen. He's you. You were frozen. Am I frozen? You said anymore? she's been. No, no. You said that she's been cast alongside the actress playing Ms. Marvel, and I, meant, I asked you as in Kamala Khan. And I said yes. Okay. That was weird. I don't know why I froze. It wasn't. I didn't freeze on my end, like at all. It's weird. Um, come on, Streamyard, get your shit together. Uh. Anyway, yeah, let's go ahead and give it a grade so we can move on to the other topic. Uh, Maya, you go first. I'm going to give it an A. A really solid series from start to finish. Uh, confusing in the beginning, uh, but it tied it all together and got you up to speed enough to know what's going on. And in typical Marvel fashion, uh, MCU fashion, it answered your questions, but it also left you with unanswered questions and left you wanting more and didn't overstay its welcome. And, you know, I think this is a one shot and done kind of series. And I think that's all it needs to be. But I really enjoyed every episode. There wasn't a bad episode in the bunch. Uh, so overall, I give the series an A. I give the show an A itself um, for the episode. But uh, yeah, love it. Good stuff. Uh, Betty. Betty I, I would give it an A plus overall A plus. Um, I was confused in the beginning, but I didn't have the backstory on Wanda and Vision. So I did, you know, go through the Disney Marvel movies and find the ones that they had storylines in and got caught up. And by the time we watched episode three, I knew what to expect, what was going on, you know, with that relationship. So I think it was brilliantly done. I, the introduction of characters who played smaller bits in other movies was, I loved it, you know, cause who doesn't love seeing these people? And, you know, I think they wrapped it up well. And knowing that Agatha can come back in future series or even movies, possibly, uh, it's tickling to me because I do love her as an actress. She's amazing. What about you, Greg? Uh, solid A for me. I, I, the reason it doesn't go A plus is because I think that it, it took a little bit of a misstep in the first few episodes. Uh, when you have a bunch of people who don't read the comics sit there and say, I almost gave up on the show until episode four. It's kind of not a good thing. Like maybe, maybe a little bit more intrigue. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the first episode should have been just the, for the first three like segments just a thought but um i think that that like i've heard a lot of people fucking say that and it's such a str like it's strange to me because to me i'm like i'd have stuck with it regardless if it sucked just to you know know what was going on in the mcu since i'm a big fan and want to continue on with the series um but the fact that it it picked up and everyone was like oh my god now i gotta keep watching this and got really fucking invested is super fucking cool this is the first time that marvel's done a tv show so, well, TV show that's canon now. Um, yes, unfortunately, all the Netflix stuff and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon, which sucks, but what are you going to do? See, I told my sister, who has yet to watch it because the black and white threw her off so bad, 
Um, I said, just start at episode three. Make sure you watch the recap. Start at episode three and just go from there. You know, because it really is a show worth watching and it's not at all what you have in your mind, what you think it is based on those first two episodes. That's not it. <laughs> I get where you're coming from with that. I think for, for me, um, I'm a big fan of like, not a big fan, but uh, I love the idea of sitcoms. I think most sitcoms are absolute shit. Like I, I just don't enjoy most sitcoms, but the fact that like, this show was in a sense a love letter to sitcoms over over generations i think is is one of the coolest things about it to me so going week to week and going like oh it's it's biting off of these sitcoms or something like that was one of the more entertaining aspects to me about the show so like going from like i love lucy and dick van dyke to bewitched to um growing pain oh no sorry uh, brady bunch and then growing pain slash uh family ties like that was just a lot of fun to do every week and yeah and i think once she gets out of the black and white era she'll um have more connection with what's <coughs> going on too uh, she is not a black and white fan and i don't get it so yeah but i've had friends hopefully like she that. watches it she says she's gonna try i don't know if she has yet so we'll see um i had a friend who refused to watch clerks because it was in black and white I was like, that's, that's such strange. a good movie. I, I agree. <laughs> I love um, that movie. Uh, but yeah, like this, this show, this show had, in my opinion, proper pacing. Like, yeah, it started slow, but like, unlike, unlike the other show that we reviewed, The Stand, it didn't go from like a, me a meandering walk to a fucking full sprint. The show, like, like it, it, was going at a, at a decent pace the entire time. And I think that was what also carried it. Um, it was going at a marathon pace. There you go. Uh, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited for future Marvel projects, uh, especially multiverse of madness. Now that we know this, um, you know, will, will Spider-Man three, no way home. Will it tie into this? Uh, Will like how will Loki tie into it? Because we know that Loki's going to deal with the time variance authority, and that's a big aspect to multiverse stuff as well. Because that's technically how multiverse works is its alternate timelines. So this will be it'll be fascinating to go from here. But uh, I'm also very excited to watch this upcoming Friday's making of or the day this episode comes out. Like I want to watch that. I want to see how they change the stats and how oh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fucking cool. All right. Um, that's that. Uh, so I said at the beginning of the show that we were going to have a discussion about recent news topics um, that have happened over the past few weeks that I find, I personally find to be hilarious because people are acting so ridiculous about it. Um, we'll start with the one I heard first. Uh, we're going to be talking about some political heads, some figureheads. So if this is not your, your interest, just kind of, I guess, come back next week. But um, at CPAC, I kept hearing Don Jr. say they've canceled the Muppets. And he was the only person I've ever heard say anything about the Muppets. And I'm like, where is he getting this from? I could not fucking figure it out. Turns out 
that on Disney Plus, when they released all of the Muppet show from the 70s, um, apparently there's a handful of episodes that have references or jokes or some to that effect that aren't okay in 2020, 2021, whatever. So there's a warning in front of it, much like there's a warning in front of Dumbo or a warning in front of um, uh, Aristocats. Uh, Which now they just, it's gone too. What, the, the cats from Aristocats? I thought there was, I thought there was a warning. Uh, some uh, of the ones that have warnings before them, Disney last night said that they will no longer be in circulation. They won't uh, be available to children under seven years old on their app. Yeah. Okay, well. Parents are having a huffy. I'm like, well, if you want your kid to watch it, you can watch it with them on your parental app, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Exactly. So I don't it's know still who wants on to the watch service. fucking Dumbo, but okay. <laughs> so they're still on the service. They're just not on the like kids under seven yeah. kids side. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Oh, my God. Again, again, blowing something out of proportion is what a lot of these people are doing. Um, and I thought that was really funny to me. And then all of a sudden I started hearing about Mr. Potato Head. And I'm like, who's canceling Mr. Potato Head? What the fuck are you talking about? And I remember talking to Maya about it. And immediately she was like, no, Hasbro's just like changing what it looks like. That's fucking it. They're, they're just consolidating the Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head under one brand and there's a baby potato head and it's just the potato head family. There's still a Mr. Version, a Mrs. Version, but it's just potato head and there's accessory packs and all that. It's just to streamline branding. It's cost effective. You spend less money producing one style box, one style brand than you do multiple brands and you can put it in one section instead of two separate and sections. And it's not geared towards one sex. It's not right. geared towards one sex. It's made to appeal to kids of all ages, of of all genders, and it's just an inclusive, inclusive. Uh, it's it's not even for the inclusivity as as much as it is for the cost savings, uh, cost right. saving measures, and ease of marketing. That's all it is. That's all it and, is. And People lost say, their goddamn minds. As a kid who played with the Mister Potato Head. And a Mrs. Potato Head. I switched them around all the time. What does that mean? You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know a single kid who did play with these, you know, Potato Head dolls and didn't switch things around because, mm -hmm. for one, you could make some really funny things, and for two, it's you know, Picasso sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you might want, you know, your your big lipped. Uh, purse-toting person to have a monocle and a mustache. You don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I. it's so crazy. These people want to uphold these male-female boy-girl lines, and it's like, why? Uh, so the most interesting thing to me about the, the potato headline is that when you look at what it is and you look at what they're doing, and you somehow come to the conclusion that they're canceling Miss Potato Head or they're trying to make Potato Head transgender or something to that effect. That's a very strange concept to me. Um, he's a potato. Yeah, he's a potato. It's a fucking potato. <laughs> it's a fucking potato toy. And, and, and 
what's really funny to me is that like apparently Potato Head has like increased its sales like 400 times fold because of all these fucking idiot parents that are like, well, I got to buy it now before they change it. It's like nothing's fucking changing. <clears throat> Literally nothing's changing for the goddamn logo in the box. And essentially, <clears throat> and now I don't even know if they're going to go through with that. Um, but it's like Gina Carano when she got fired from the Mandalorian and Star Wars altogether, the very next day, her action figure shot up in price. And that's what these people are anticipating because her six inch black series figure that you could have bought for $20 at retail. If you knew where to get one is now commanding over $200. Jesus. And it sucks because I opened mine. And had I known, I would have kept the box and sold it. Uh, but, or at least bought a second one before. I should have bought a second one before it happened and just flipped it. But, you know, that's the thing. You don't have the, the hindsight on this is always twenty twenty. You never know what's going to happen in that regard. So, yeah. But the, the, the people that are thinking... Oh, well, I know Gina Carano's figure went up. Then these potato head figures are going to be worth some money. People will pay for them. No, because they're still being produced. The Gina Carano figures are no longer going to be produced. And upcoming figures that hadn't been released yet, some of them had already shipped to retailers. Retailers had to ship them back because they're not going to release them, period. And Yeah. yeah. uh, Planned re-releases are, have been canceled already, so that's that's that situation. That's why those figures are now sought after, which is ridiculously crazy. But well, hey, like you know, say, in that same vein of um, hating on toys for stupid reasons, um, Maya, I don't know how you feel about this as the mother of a daughter as well. Um, it Barbie's never bothered me. Uh, I know a lot of people think that she sets unhealthy body images for young girls, but in my mind, it's always been she's a doll. You, as the parent, should be the one setting the healthy body image for your daughter. Because exactly. I, you know, I don't expect a doll to have realistic human proportions it's a doll you know do you think all men look like gi joe they don't you know i think think one of the big things is you'll always you'll always notice that people who either a don't have kids or b um don't want to raise their own kids are the ones that get mad about this stuff the most yes Mm -hmm. uh it's it's always interesting to me that when it comes to uh this is slightly slightly off topic, but there's a point I'm making. Um, with uh, there was a situation online a while back where a uh, a comedian I don't remember her name she made a fat joke. It was actually she like basically was quoting uh, Anderson Cooper in regards to Trump's weight, and a bunch of fucking people on her post were just like uh, getting after her for being fat phobic. And I just rolled my fucking eyes and I just, I I made a comment to somebody about like, it's a joke. Shut the fuck up. And this girl was just like, we need to stop treating fat people like they're different. And I'm like, it's a joke. Shut the fuck up. 
to which she continued to tell me that I didn't know what I was talking about. So I made a video basically showing myself and telling her to shut the fuck up because it's just a joke. And yeah. And at the end she got like, and she's a skinny girl. Like she was a skinny fucking like, um, and I said, I said, I'm absolutely sick and tired of, of people who are not of that group getting mad for that group. I don't need you. I don't need you to get mad for me. You know, I mean that again, if I, if I feel like there's a problem and I need you to advocate with me, I'll let you know. But I mean, it's like, I know as the mother of a 16 year old, I will sometimes make fat jokes because I am a big girl and I'm not ashamed of it. I, it's who I am. She is an itty bitty girl, you know, and I'll say something and she'll give me that. <gasps> Mom, how could you? And I'm like, shut up. I'm fat. I can say it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, yeah, we you know, all know it. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, I make a lot of um, jokes about my leg, about, you know, the missing portion of my leg. And some people are like, can't make jokes about that i can too it's my missing leg you know i can joke about it all i want and like aren't you worried about hurting the feelings of other people who are amputees it's like no this is about you not them this is about me not them you know don't be offended for me you know uh, but going back to what you were saying about the whole barbie um thing how her proportions they didn't design her body to be that way intentionally her body was designed that way because when after they designed the clothes and put the clothes on her the clothes layered looked more like actual clothing would on a real human than they would on her uh, well and let's face it she is a what i mean like what 12 inch dolls at tops and I Ten mean, and a, a half. Yeah, I, I mean, so it's all said proportions and done. will be drastically different, even if you were talking about a human mm -hmm. at that size. They would not have the same waist and hip and breast ratio that we, as full-grown humans, would have. And I'm just like, people, it's a doll. You know, yeah, it doesn't. I, you know, you I can want... give your doll that it, like the Amish people, give their dolls. They have no faces. You know. I mean, this doesn't impact how they feel about themselves as women at all. I mean, dolls are all about learning how to um, form social relationships. That's what right. they are used for. The, if your daughter is looking at Barbie and thinking this is an ideal image of a human woman, you have failed somewhere along the way and need to go back and reevaluate what you have taught your daughter about what it is normal to be like as a woman and the wide variety of shapes and sizes and beauties that we have in all women, you know, and yeah. Barbie is just a doll. She's not a person. I'm a person, you know, your aunt so-and-so is a person and your aunt so-and-so here is a person and our friend so-and-so is a person you know, look at them to be your role models. Do not look at a doll. You know, I mean, that's that's just feigning off your responsibility as a parent. You're trying to blame it on a doll instead of you being active and teaching your children what it is yeah. to have healthy body respect. 
This yeah, because same. while I'm a big girl, you, I am not the mom who is like, oh my god, I'm so fat. Oh my god, look at me, I need to lose weight. I've never been like that. Weight is not an issue in my home. I am what I am, you know, and I'm comfortable where I am. Would I like to be smaller? Yes, and eventually I will get there. But you know, I don't feel bad about this. I love me as I am, and that has helped me teach a healthy respect for the body in my daughter, even though we are two, two completely different size people, you know, uh, Barbie has no influence over her. Never did, you know? Right. So people need to stop trying to blame toys so much as take responsibility and have conversations with your children. When, yeah. when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I remember this very vividly because it, it, always stuck with me for some reason uh my parents would let us watch movies that other adult other parents wouldn't allow their kids to watch um i'm seeing pulp fiction at a very young age for example um or something else for that matter and i always remember my parents going do you boys understand she was not real and it'll never be real in that fashion like don't emulate what you're watching because it's not real and they, they would we would have a long discussion about what we just watched and understood that fiction is fiction. And that's that's that. That's how it is. That's uh, how we raised pulp. Lydia. I mean, what about you, what Matt? I mean, have you raised Madison in a similar fashion? I said, I said and pulp is pulp. You said fiction is fiction. I said pulp is pulp. It's a bad joke. You need to go away. Um, you need to go away. I, you, need to, you need to think about what you did. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> as for Madison, you know, we... She doesn't really care to watch a lot of movies. Um, I recently let her watch the first Deadpool movie. Um, and it got to the one part I forgot about it. You know, Happy International Women's Day, the whole yes, sex yes. thing. And, and she was like, you didn't tell me that this was in here. I was like, oh, I forgot. She's like, that's gross. <laughs> okay. But, you know, she enjoyed the rest of the movie for what it was. But she, she understands that the the lines between fiction and reality quite well. Was, my biggest thing is, you know, trying to get her to understand, you know, having healthy views and positive body images versus the whole uh, societal conditioning of you, you aren't attractive if you're overweight. That kind of thing. It's just like... No. Well, how are you going about that? We talk to her, you know, we try to get her to understand. And I think, I think with me, with my coming out and presenting uh, my authentic self and everything, I think it's kind of helped her a little bit because I know I look great. I look damn good. And, and, you know, I'm big. But I don't let it bother me because I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. I know I look good. And, you know, people tell me, oh, you look wonderful. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Now I want her to see herself as beautiful. You know, I want her to see herself as she looks great. And, you know, she's going to be 14. So she's struggling at that age. It is a struggle. She is definitely struggling with that, and it's frustrating. Um, 
it's, it's hard to get through to her, but I'm doing what I can. Um, I would suggest uh, looking up on YouTube uh, the history of something like the women's uh, the woman's body throughout the years, uh, how it has changed throughout society, what was attractive, what was not, because that, you know, lets That's, them know very quickly that society plays a huge impact on what is deemed attractive because there would have been a time that women like you and me would have been hot commodity because mm -hmm. we had the money to eat and, you know, they definitely wanted up in on that, you know? So, but, I mean... Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because for some reason, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but she was looking up art uh, sculptures, like Roman sculptures, Greek sculptures, and she saw the Statue of David and she started giggling because of its teeny peen. And we started talking to her about art through the ages and how, you know, what society deems beautiful today was not the case 100 years ago. 200 years ago and i think that's also helped get through to her a little bit because she was obsessed with like her weight and everything she's worried that she's gained too much weight and this and that and she's unhealthy and she's you know i mean would it benefit her to be more active yes so she started doing she downloaded an app and started doing daily exercises and things like that you know and i was like this is all well and good i want you to be healthy i want you to be happy but I, you need to be comfortable with who you are and not mm -hmm. be concerned with what people think you should be you know be comfortable with who you are and recognize your own beauty in yourself uh, it, but you know, getting through to someone who was 13 or 14 and coming from my perspective, you know, is a different perspective than Misty's perspective, but we're trying, we're getting there and, you know, we're doing things like that. And, you know, it's, it's not easy raising yeah, a teenage daughter and this, this type of environment is not easy. It yeah. Because not. yeah, we even went through a phase where my own kid was like, I think I'm fat. And I'm like, are we seriously having this conversation does she right now? Even, does she even weigh 95, 100 pounds? She, I, I mean, she weighs like 110. It, when she's wet and wearing boots, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, she's... She, she is so a, little. She has such a tiny waist, and she has a very small goddess body, which is hard to see in the dresses that she wears. Um, but she is very much a very small woman she is shaped mm -hmm. like a woman you know um and she's just itty bitty you know i mean and so yeah i had to combat that real quick and have a long talk because you know it's like hey i've never been the type to, to talk about diets or anything it's, it's it's always lifestyle change you know yeah but it, yeah i mean toys having such an impact on children to that extent and parents ranting and raving about things like Potato Head and Barbie. It's a toy. It's what you do as a parent with this toy that makes all the difference in the world, you know? I mean, it's like with the movies, you know? I don't blame them for putting them at um, seven and under uh, with the, you know, now Disney movies. Oh, the disclaimers, the disclaimers yeah, beforehand. Because yeah. I think that, you know, it was a different world. 
And I think that parents have a right to talk to their children and explain things before they sit down and watch it. You know, I mean, because a seven-year-old who's not ever encountered any type of prejudice or racism or, you know, anything like that, they might have a hard time understanding why this was taking place, you know, and it can be very emotionally fraught. So I think as a parent with children that young, I think it is good to be able to sit down, talk with them first before introducing them to these movies. I'm not saying don't introduce them. I'm just saying sit down and have a talk about what the reality was when this was written. But that's just it, Betty, is that too many parents use movies and TV shows and toys as a babysitter. So the second that they see that they don't actually have to be a parent, they fucking lose their mind. And then the whole disclaimer thing uh, is there, as you said, to say, hey, this is what it was like then. This is not the way it is now. And it opens the door to have that conversation. And just by opening the door to have that conversation, this is where certain groups are throwing these fits and saying it's cancel culture when it's not. It's not cancel culture. It's it accountability. Is, accountability yeah. culture is you the know, way I like to refer to it. Be accountable. And, well, even things. in even in that regard, the fucking the, the the stuff that we're talking about with Potato Head and and Muppets and we're gonna talk about Dr. Seuss in a minute and Pepe Le Pew, none of that is con- cancel culture. It's no it's what's uh, God, Jesus Christ. What's so fucking interesting to me is that the, the conservative side, the, the people on Fox News who are calling it cancel culture don't even understand what cancel culture actually is. Um, they just assume that everything that is in, you know, against or they, they assume things. They're, they're trying to make a mountain of a molehill to to garner attention. Um, that's the biggest issue right there. They are um, the terrible people, first and foremost. Just I'm just going to say it. they're terrible fucking people. And, and and not every conservative, so don't take it that way. I'm talking about the people talking about this, making a big deal about it. Um, the Dr. Seuss thing is funny to me because it's literally six books that, that are no longer going to be in circulation. They're not going to be printed anymore. They're not being banned. They're not being destroyed. They're, if you can find them They're in not- a library on, on, or on eBay or what the fuck ever, you can buy them. You can buy mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Granted, There's just not going to be any new printings of them mm-hmm. anymore. And, you know, that's, that's okay. It. Because, hey, uh, a lot of book collectors like to track down older books. You know, you want if you want these books for whatever reason, oh, because you think you're going to be able to flip it and make some money, whatever. But it's not like you're never going to be able to find them. It's just you're yeah. not going to be able to find yeah. new copies of them any further. Uh, and, the other and, thing that kills me, I've never heard of the books. Really? I've uh, heard of but, like two out of the six, I think. Uh, I never read I, I, I may have heard of, yeah, I was like, I may have heard of uh, um, If I Ran a Zoo, but I never read it. Like, I genuinely looked at the list and I was like, well, I didn't even fucking know these ones existed because they aren't the popular ones. And that was the ultimate, that was the major reason that the Sousa State stopped printing them. They just weren't yeah. making money. Does well, it? again, because people, you know, our age have gone back and read these books, you know, cause they, they had great dreams of this huge Dr. Seuss library and they get these books and they're like, 
no, I, I can't in good conscience keep this in the, the Dr. Seuss library. So, you know, word gets around and people stop buying them because I, I have read If I Ran the Zoo and I, at the age I read it, which was very young, uh, I found it horrifying then and I still find it kind of, you know, very distasteful now. But I do understand the story behind Seuss is that, you know, this was his younger self. He was, he didn't just do children's books. He also did like um, satire works for newspapers, satire cartoons. Um, And he did have some of uh, the prejudices and racism that a lot of people of that era had, but he started to grow as a person. And when he started to grow as a person, he tried to change his books. He felt bad about things that he had said and things that he had done. So he tried to make a difference. And that's where we get like, you know, some of the best works like the Lorax and Horton Hills, Horton Hears a Who, you know, these, these were books of him trying to make right what he knew he had done wrong. And that's to me a great um, redemption story because, you know, we, we could, especially when we're young, we all, can have some crazy ideas and we're not mature enough or experienced enough to know that we might be wrong. And as we grow older, we can change. And it's good that he changed. It's good that to show that someone can change. But these people are acting like, you know, we've just written him out of the story. No, I have not written him out of the story. I don't know anyone I've heard so far that has said, oh, we need to just completely just cancel him forever. That's the 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 funny part to me, Betty, is that literally nobody that that like Fox News has been literally talking about the Dr. Seuss thing for a whole week. Yeah, Um, there's there's a guy that I follow on Twitter named Aaron Rupar who works for Vox. And he um, he tweets out a bunch of stuff that you know, like that's happening within politics and stuff like that. And he's just like, Fox news is talking about Dr. Seuss again and not anything else. Um, and it's, it's so fucking funny to me because uh, it doesn't matter. I, I genuinely don't understand it because there's no way in hell that no one has told these, 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 these pundits what the truth is. There's no way that they, they don't, don't care. Know. They weave their own truth. Right, right. You know, that, that's exactly how it is. You know, it's like I, the, some of the things I've seen on Fox this week, I'm just like, what are y'all talking about? You know, I it's mean, it, it doesn't like, make any sense to me. What's crazy is the same people screaming that this is cancel culture are the same ones that screamed to cancel Nike after the Colin Kaepernick ad. No joke. Uh, the These same are the same ones, ones who canceled, canceled the Beatles. They canceled you know? Disney. Yeah, Do you know sure, how many yeah. people I knew in this area who were like these uber Christians that wouldn't let their kids watch Disney? I'm like, what is wrong with you? When you Gina know, Carano, I mean, when, when Gina Carano was uh, was canned from The Mandalorian, do you know how many times I saw somebody on Twitter saying, "Well, I'm canceling my Disney Plus order <laughs> or uh, subscription"? And and the, a year ago, you look at the same ones, and they were saying, "Oh, look at Disney trying to be these pro social justice warriors." And then a year later, same YouTubers. There's examples of this out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that are, that that when they were saying they were, they were trying to force social justice and equality down people's throats, they're the same ones that are screaming, "Well, I'm canceling now because she was, you know, the best part of the show, et cetera, This whatever. 
you know, it's the same group of people that wanted to ca cancel the Harry Potter over, oh, it's witchcraft. It's it's this. They're the same people that wanted to cancel Dungeons, Drag Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s. They don't understand franchises and properties, or they don't understand the issues behind a brand who's supporting, you know, someone that has issues with social injustices and they scream to cancel and boycott those things. But yeah. when you try to bring accountability to something to raise awareness and present why this isn't the way it should be, this is what it was, but it's not the way it should be, nor is it the way it is now. That's what they're calling cancel culture. And it's ridiculous. And the outrage, the fake dumb outrage I've seen over it and the misguided outrage I've seen over it. Anytime I've seen people I love dearly, friends of mine, you know, get so upset and they're like, I hate cancel culture. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as cancel culture. Honestly, there's accountability. And then there's, you know, just people who are mad calling to boycott things that they see as slots on yeah, it's reactions. It's, it's reactionary. Oh, it's, it's all reactionary, yeah. The Pepe Le Pew thing is funny to me because that did start um with an article in the New York Times. Um it was like it was like some some opinion piece where the guy was like Pepe Le Pew added to rape culture and I'm just like did he because I don't remember Pepe Le Pew being a fucking role model but okay. Um and I, I, just I mean, Dave a, Chappelle called Pepe Le Pew a rapist over 20 years ago in one of his bits. Right. And you right, didn't right. hear people throwing a fit about it fucking then. Right. Well, exactly. here's the thing, because uh, so, this is something Jeff and I talked about as well. Um, okay, there's Pepe Le Pew, and he's chasing Penelope Pussycat. Now, in these whole cartoons, you will see there is a running theme of something will happen. He'll get covered with paint in a way. Or she'll get covered in paint with a way, you know, that he thinks she's a skunk or she thinks he's a cat. Now, when she thinks he's a cat, she's all about it. You know, she's yeah. like, yeah, you can touch me anywhere you want, cat daddy. But as soon as she finds out he's a skunk, she's like, nope, I want nothing to do with you. Now, this type of interaction between a male and female character is very standard for the time that it came from. Uh, does it actually, uh, you know, participate in rape culture? Absolutely not. I mean, it, it, it's not something that we would do today because obviously we are more woke than we were when Pepe Le Pew was written. But at the time it was, completely normal. Pepe Le Pew was not any worse than any other, you know, male character on TV. We, you watch any old episode, there will be a man touching, hugging, kissing a woman who is not his wife and he was probably not appreciative of it, but she, she tolerates it because that's what women did. You know, I mean. It's interesting that you bring that up because last night before I fell asleep, I turned on a movie to fall asleep to, and I actually, on HBO Max, um, I turned on the original National Year, National Lampoon's Vacation. You know, I had never seen that movie before. Really? Seen, seen Christmas Vacation, thought it was hilarious. Seen Vegas Vacation, yeah, you know, it had its moments, but I'd never seen the original. And I just never had, you know, got around to it, and I don't like watching movies that are edited for TV 
like on TNT or what have you, because they ended up, you know, anything deemed inappropriate for cable, it it out. So I just never got around to watching it. Last night I was watching it, and you know, Clark's a bit of a scumbag in that fucking movie. By today's standards, he's a fucking scumbag. But oh, yeah. In 1983, you're supposed to root for him and laugh at everything mm-hmm. he fucking does. You know, yeah. uh, but in that, he fucking, he robs a hotel, you know, because they wouldn't cash his check. Uh, he's trying to have, you know, sex with another woman because his wife's pissed off at him up in a hotel room. And then, you know, tries to think, oh, look, haha, wasn't serious. And then she's okay with it and everything. I'm like, you know, Clark's a bit of a fucking scumbag. It's a sh- and he's been a shitty role model for his kids. So, and that was the expectation at that time, you know. And and I think if anything, media from the ages shows us how society treated other people mm-hmm. as a whole. You know, yeah. I mean that that well, to that- me, you know, it, it, it's so indicative of what society was saying is okay and is normal. Um, It's not the cartoons. It's the people behind them. That's the problem. You know, and as far as rape culture, Pepe Le Pew, okay, you want to add him? He is a grain of sand in a bucket of stones. Okay. He, He is so low man on the goddamn totem pole that nobody gives a fuck. And the only yeah. reason that these, these articles pop up is because something else has happened that is going to spark um, uh, interest. So, and the reason that the guy wrote it was because Space Jam was coming out, Space Jam 2. Um, and what's funny is that, I, I, like, I think it was two days after that article came out, and most people just kind of rolled their eyes and moved on with their life, right? Uh, it was revealed that there was a scene with Pepe Le Pew in Space Jam 2 that is no longer there. It's on the cutting room floor. Uh, like Philip DeFrango talked about this. Um, but it has absolutely nothing to do with that fucking article. Has nothing to do with that article. It was it was it was a canned fucking piece because that's how movies work. <laughs> Some scenes get filmed and don't make it into the final fucking movie. And again, there is good reason to believe that because the guy who directed that scene in particular did leave the movie over creative differences. It got cut not long after that. And that's probably wise because that was a scene right. he directed. So, you know, again, people people see what they want to see. And once they feel like they have enough truth, they stop looking. You know, it's like, right. ah, you verified what I want to believe. So therefore, I'm going to stop looking before I find something that can't verify what I want to believe. Um, they look for that confirmation bias and they stop there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Uh, it, and that's, it's so, it's, I find it personally funny because at the end of the day, you have to understand this. This will never change. This will never end. Uh, people will always get fucking uppity and, and bitchy about fucking something. I remember when I was a kid, there were, there were fucking friends of mine that couldn't watch The Simpsons because their parents thought it might influence them in the wrong direction or, uh, I was 14 when, when South Park came out. And I'm sure you remember all of that stuff. I still remember the protest in front of movies like uh, uh, Dogma and shit like that. Like, people will never stop doing this sort of thing, especially. Theaters here wouldn't f- even. Play theaters, here, theaters here wouldn't even show Dogma. They wouldn't yeah. even. I'm carry not it. terribly surprised. I'm not terribly surprised. It's like. Um- the last temptation of Christ, they wouldn't show that here. They either. wouldn't show it here either, but, but you were expected 
to show up and watch the passion of the Christ. And if you mm -hmm. didn't, you were a horrible person and going to hell. Well, there's a lot of Christians that are very Christian. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's not ever going to end. So the best that I can do is just laugh at it. Just laugh at the stupidity. Um, because at the end of the day, here's the other thing. Uh, the sales of like potato head have gone up. The, um, the sales of, of Dr. Seuss books have gone up. <laughs> like this controversy actually helps these companies out. Like it's insane to me. Like I, uh, there's a guy on Twitter or there's... Facebook right now. That's, that's arguing with me about potato head because of Matt Hurd. Um, and he's like, sales oh, God. Of head did not go up. And I'm like, yes, they did. Like they like fucking Hasbro's stock went up shortly after that an announcement dropped and then people have been trying to sell old potato head on eBay and Amazon for exorbitant prices. Like, you know, what we played with as a kid, my Nana would dig potatoes out of the back garden and then she gave us toothpicks. We also did that with cucumbers. We had cucumber <laughs> people and potato people that we made with, you know, little well, toothpicks and the original potato head. The original potato head was you were just supposed a box to of use accessories you were supposed to use on a real potato. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but, but we just used toothpicks. We had great imaginations. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. There's a saying, though. You know, yeah, there's controversy. And the stocks of, and the sales went up with these things. Controversy creates cash. End of story. It does. And that's a lot of times a lot of these things want this to happen. Oh, uh, yeah. There are companies like, Hey, let's spend the public relations this way. And then it'll get taken out of context, create some controversy, create buzz. You know, and there's, there's any, one company that kind of news it and it failed. Oh yeah. Which one? Uh, Burger King. What happened? Uh, they on, on, on Monday, International Women's Day, they put out a, a tweet from the, the UK one uh, that says, women belong in the kitchen. That's all it said. That was the whole tweet. And then about a, about 20 seconds later, a, a second tweet popped up under it that was explaining that because instead of having it in one tweet, which they could have done, they, it, it, they had it in a second tweet that said that women belong in the kitchen because it is... Uh, uh, it, there's a problem within the culinary world where 20% of all chefs are women and that number, they want that number to be better. They want it to be more equal. So they're putting a donations into a, um, uh, into a couple of, uh, of charities that are going to help women. Yeah. That's, that's a bad move on their, on their part. That, that that's, oh, oh yeah. Say, you know, Women deserve to be chefs too. Women do belong in the kitchen in an industry that is dominated by men. There's how you say it. Just say 20% of all chefs are only 20% of chefs are women. You know, women deserve to be in there too as a career. What? There's so many numerous better ways they could have phrased that. Oh, yeah. 100%. The worst part about it is apparently they took out an ad in the New York Times. Uh, that said the same thing. The, it was giant bold text like this fucking big, right? And it said, women belong in the kitchen. And then underneath it in small text, it explained what they did on Twitter. And uh, here's the funny part. Here's the most fucked up part about it. Th an ad in the New York Times, a, fu a full page ad cost $2,000. 
$215,000. The charities are getting $25,000 apiece. <laughs> like, they could have just given capitalism. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you didn't have to take out an ad like that. That was just stupid. You were trying just, to, again, just donate to the charities that amount. You know, you're trying to create awareness and get, you know, bring money to your product. I get that. And don't get me wrong. I love me some Burger King. Really do love Burger King. Burger King never lets me down. But this, wow, that's just a poor marketing move, Burger King. It's Come really on. Bad. It yeah, reminds definitely... me of an AJR lyric that says, you know, um, rich people only donate when the press is there. You know, that's that's yeah, what yeah, this yeah, is. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. got the press there to make sure they see this amazing thing that you're doing, you know, and it's like, why? Why not yeah. just do it? Why, you know, when somebody calls attention to it, then you can take credit for it. But, you know, that is so pretentious and uh, it's demeaning, uh-huh. you know, it. Yeah. No burking. No, uh, like, like I, we all saw what they were trying to do, and we went, "This is the absolute worst." Well, I don't know, absolute worst, but it's one of the worst ways to handle it. And the reason that I saw it was because one of the funny people that I follow on Twitch, they tweeted out, they like retweeted it. They, they just were like, "There's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him." <laughs> I was like, "Not well." Um, but uh, yeah, they had to retract it. They had to delete the tweet and 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 apologize for it and everything. Like by the end of the evening, like it was a. I was just like, this is insane. Like I don't know how this passed the hires up. They were just like, no, the internet will love it. It'll be great. Like how how did you? I think the joke I made in the heat heat group was like, uh, tell me tell me no women work in your um, uh, advertising department without telling me no women work in your advertising advertising department. Oh shit! Yeah. So, but yeah, like like I said, my you know Maya was absolutely correct. Controversy breeds sales, and to think that that Burger King wasn't attempting this, you have to be high. But I don't think it was going to work for them. Uh, I don't think it's yeah. going to increase just because we're talking about Burger King. Like I don't, I don't like I don't think anything's going to change for Burger King. People are still going to buy Burger King because they want Burger King, not because they were like, well, it's on my mind now. Why not? But uh, but yeah, like with with you know Dr. Seuss and Potato Head specifically, because like I, I would argue that somebody at Fox, the reason they keep bringing it up is because they're like, hey, I have stock in 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 Seuss Estate, <laughs> like keep talking about it because <laughs> it's driving sales. Like I, dude, it's, it's 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 just it's so fucking funny to me. It's so funny to see all these people not get it fucking lose their shit. Like the second that that news broke about Pippa the Pew, all the news stations were just like, or not news stations, the news groups on, on Twitter just were tweeting out like Pepe the Pew removed from Space Jam 2. No context, nothing like that. And when I saw that, my first instinct was, I'm going to open up the article and read it. And it took me to a deadline article, which then I read that. And I was like, oh, it only got brought to attention because the girl that was in the scene was just disappointed that the scene wasn't in the, in the full movie. But she expressed that it was gone two months ago. Yeah. Like, ah, fucking. Oh. You know, you've got your social justice warriors, and then you have the parts of the media that feed them. 
You know, I mean, right. like Fox News feeds the social justice warriors in that camp, at least. I, I don't like cancel culture as a whole, especially, you know, when people are digging up shit from 10, 15 years ago when the person has obviously changed and tried to do better to be a better person. Everybody's allowed to make mistakes. It's what you do after you've made that mistake. Did you learn from it? Are you going to try and be a better person? Or are you just going to continue going on to make the same mistake right. over and over again? If there's not a repeat history, if the person can show that they've grown and changed, absolutely wonderful because we all do stupid shit, especially when we're younger. We say things and do things because we haven't fully formed our opinions yet, you know? And for a lot of us, those are always changing in some degree or another. You know, you got to give people the chance to make a mistake so they can learn from it, you know, and that we don't do enough of that in this society. You know, it's, it's straight to, right. you know, ban them from life. It's like, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just saw a conversation on, on, on Twitter. I keep bringing up Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot, guys, as you can see, as you can tell. But it was a, um, it was a group of people making fun of, of uh, this, this post where, um, a guy was like, we need to start treating people um, uh, better for those who, um, you know, come out of a very toxic mindset. And this girl commented and she was like, I really hope so. I used to be a Nazi, but I'm not anymore. And, and I, I don't, I don't see people as different or something to that effect. Like she was, she was very adamant that she came out of in that obviously very toxic uh, community. And everyone in this comment section was just making fun of her for it. And uh, one of the guys that I followed, his name is Wash. He was, he came and he's just like, this idea that this is bad or ostracizing this this you know young woman for, uh, you're punishing her for good behavior. You're punishing yeah, yeah. her for exhibiting the behavior you want to see out of these people who have been in Nazi groups or who have identified with Nazi groups. So why are you punishing her for doing exactly what you wanted her to do to begin with? Exactly. Leave that affiliation. Exactly. That's exactly. that's counterproductive in so many ways. Exactly. And I mean, all it does is push them back into the arms of oh, the yeah. culture that they left. It's like, well, you know, you told me it was bad to be here, but here I was accepted. You wouldn't accept me. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll just go back here. I mean, that's that's what they risk doing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it's it's, a, so yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely like, and that's I think the worst part of the internet. Like, um, young people are are very uh, uh, they're they're told one thing and then they have to do another or something in that vein. They. Um, they're told they're told all the time you have to be this way you have to be this way and the second that we as a society start telling them like we we have to stop being that parent that goes uh, uh oh you brought home a c well it's not a b it's not an a do better we have to stop doing that like if somebody i, I, I did stop doing that I, you know I, I like for instance you know literally uh madison made a c in math i'm like Good. She's yeah, like, passed. But it's mm -hmm. not an A. I was like, you know what a C is? What? 
average. It means you're average in math. Look at the A plus you got in English, though. You do wonderful in English. You do very well in science with an A average. You are average at math. You're passing, and that's what's expected of you. You don't have to exceed that expectation. Would I like to see you do better? I would love to see you do better, but I'm not going to force you to do better or make you feel like shit because you don't get an A. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. The grading scale was 100 percent in that it was supposed to be in that vein of like A and uh, A was ex was ex uh, uh, um, exemplary. Exemplary. I think I was going to try to say that. My brain was like, nope, not that word today. Um, and then B is like uh, above average, and then C is average, D is below average, and F is you know you're not doing well at all in that subject. Um, that's how it was originally designed. And then it turned into this thing of like, A is now your average. A is meant to be your main average. And it always pisses me off. And the internet sits there and goes to that extent. Um, when, when something is, is in that, like, that's more so what cancel culture is or canceling is to me is people sitting there saying, I see that you got a B, but it's not an A. And now you're going to get punished for it. And that should like, that's what happened to fucking James Gunn. You know, he changed over the course of time and understood that what he was doing was wrong, but because of some fucking bootlicker getting the internet's attention to these jokes, the internet then decided that James Gunn didn't deserve to be a person anymore or that he didn't deserve to grow. Even though like everything regarding star Lord's character was part of what James Gunn was growing and, and becoming more of. So I, whatever but um uh that to me is what cancel culture is and it's fucking stupid like like uh, recently a bunch of gen zers were trying to cancel eminem for lyrics from his earlier albums <laughs> i'm just like really stop please fucking stop it's dumb canceling yeah. eminem it's ridiculous um but uh all I ask our audience to do is if something seems weird, if something seems off in regarding a popular thing that all of a sudden you're hearing is quote unquote getting canceled, do a little bit more research. You'll find out more information and then it won't be as ridiculous as maybe you previously thought. That's what's going on with, with, you know, the last four that we talked about the Muppets, potato head, um, Dr. Seuss. And it's, like, do people think that that article from the New York Times is ridiculous? Most fucking people do, because it is. It's a it's a bit over the top. It's like Betty said in the conversation we had. Like, who the fuck was looking at him as a fucking role model? He's in the same vein as Yosemite Sam, Elmer Fudd, and Wiley Coyote. They're not the good guy character. Nope. It just it's. What's funny to me is that Fox News won't shut up about it. That they just keep going on and on and on and on. Uh, what's what's annoying is that there's tons of people that are like, uh huh, they're canceling yeah. Doctor Seuss, and I'm just like, if there's nobody's canceling Doctor Seuss, it's it's like this. You're more upset about a cartoon skunk. It's, it's, a buddy of mine posted this thing, and I shared it because I just thought it was funny as hell the way it was worded. It's like a lot of y'all out there are more upset about the canceling of a rape skunk than you are uh, about the minimum wage not being increased. And that's not a good look. And, you know, 
there's lots of things out there to be upset over and to be outraged over. Be outraged and upset over things that actually matter and affect people. Like the yeah. whole minimum wage not being up to $15 an hour. And people are like, it shouldn't be double. It's like, no, it shouldn't be. It should be tripled, to be honest. Uh, yeah, honestly, to, if it, it, to, to keep up with the rate of inflation since minimum wage was introduced, it would actually have to be more than tripled to match that. But yet, people look at this whole minimum wage as minimum skills. You shouldn't have, you know, I'm sorry. Fuck you. Look at where I live. Look at where I live in this town. There is a very tiny town. It's a very poor area. Would minimum rate wage being increased to $15 an hour benefit this area? Absolutely. Would it make the cost of things go up? Cost of shit's been going up for the past 15 years. Minimum wage increased one time in 15 years. Shit's going up every year. Yeah. And the things that it would pay for 15 years ago, it won't cover now. But, you know, tell somebody that they're worried about the fucking price of a cheeseburger going up 15 fucking cents because you fucking decided to pay people that work uh, these low-wage jobs. You know, tell them that they are not worth it. Or, oh, you know, that's where you need to be outraged over. Be outraged also, over if, the fact if, that people are suffering. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say this. If you are the type of piece of shit, and I'm going to call you a piece of shit, who sits there and says that the person who just made your chicken sandwich doesn't deserve a living wage because they maybe have messed up on your sandwich a little bit, you can kindly fuck off. Full on. If, if you not even are kindly. That... <laughs> not, not even kindly. Rudely as fuck, just go fuck yourself. In, in the most painful ways. You know, if you're going to yeah. be that big of a piece of shit of a human being, fuck yourself. And I, I hope agree. it hurts. Damn. Uh, so it's uh, infuriating. It's infuriating. And, and what does it boil down to again? I mentioned this term earlier when we're talking about body image issues, societal conditioning. It's, yeah. it's like, we want you to behave this way. We want you to believe this way. And, you know, I, I'm just, I'm so frustrated because there are people that I genuinely enjoy their company, genuinely like, but have terrible views, terrible views when it comes to that. It's like, you know, have some humanity, have some compassion. But yeah, it's 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 a lot of like it's like you said, Maya, when we were I think we discussed this a little bit like in the pre-show, but it was like um and I mentioned this to my dad, I said a lot of this is in a sense like uh capitalism indoctrination. Um yeah. it's this classist it's this classist warfare that happens between uh, 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 different groups of people because they're they're told their entire life that um, the only way that you can be successful is is like your worth is only what you put into capitalism. We we're, we're that's fucking beat into our heads growing up, and then you look at other countries like Denmark and you're just like, so wait, they have like six hours a day that they work and they still make a living wage because their government like kind of push that into and it's like I, I, why why and, the fuck aren't we doing that 
And they only work like four days a week instead of five. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. They have a four-day, six-hour work week, so it's like 24 hours that they work. Like, you look at these countries that are doing this sort of thing, and you go... And they prosper. They prosper, and their fucking suicide rates are significantly low. I don't think Iceland has had a suicide in, like, fucking 10 years or some shit like that. Like, I just don't know for sure. There are reasons that these places are, like, labeled as the happiest places on Earth. Right. It's, it's, yeah, this is... The, the whole anyway. cancel culture and everything, like I was saying, there's things to be outraged about, yes. Focus on the things that deserve your outrage, that deserve your attention, not the fucking little things that you're blown out of proportion that don't. Because all that's doing is putting pockets, money in the pockets of the people who already have a shit ton of money. Yeah. There was a, there's a guy, there, a, a Republican um, representative, I believe he's in the House might be the Senate. I'm not 100% sure, but he had he had floor time yesterday. And he stood up and he said, I am uh, um, so ashamed of this party right now. I am absolutely ashamed that you are unwilling, all of you are unwilling to help the American people right now because you don't want everything that's in that bill. He goes, uh, um, if, if it was a fucking tax cut, you'd all be in line waiting to sign that bill to push it through. But instead, you're arguing about Dr. Seuss and Potato Head. How about we, we, we stop this shit? And, no, I didn't say shit, but stop this and actually help the American workers in this country. And I was just like, that's, that's the Republican Party that needs to exist. Like, he is, in my mind. And, 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 that's, and that's the thing. You know, look at our party system. It's a two-party system, and everybody calls Bernie far left. Bernie's just moderately left of what centrist really is. I saw a thing that was talking about how in Europe and in Canada, the, they, they teach their students that America claims to have a two-party system, but they're really just one. You know, it's just so, they're so closely aligned in what they do and how they govern and everything and what they're for, you know, it's just, it's not a true two-party system. And it's, it's fucking right. fascinating how other countries and other nations view us, but yet everybody here is just so conditioned that societal conditioning. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's maddening sure. and I could go sure. on about it. Yeah, <laughs> but I won't. I, yeah, I was like, we we could, we really could. It's 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 more so that, um, yeah. The, the original topic was just about the the fake cancel culture that's being brought up by certain pundits, mainly. Um, oh, I could I could bring up another one that angered people. Uh, oh, that I forgot the Coca Cola. Be less white. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh huh. Uh, oh, let me bring this article up. It's uh, Coke in their like sensitivity training or something like that. It was a couple of weeks ago because you were mentioning about the Burger King. It's Coca-Cola's diversity training. They were urging their workers to be less white uh, to fight racism. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know how to be less white. (laughs) uh, The confronting racism course in question was offered by LinkedIn Education, allegedly utilized uh, by Coca-Cola. It says in the U.S. and other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they're inherently superior because they're white, reads one of the slides. Uh, Another one suggested to try to be less white, be less oppressive, listen, believe, and break with white solidarity. Uh, That's what a whistleblower was posting. Um, Now, yeah. So... Yeah, well, try not to act like your white privilege is hanging out on your sleeve for fucking sure. That's just proper manners. (laughs) Exactly. But it backfired on them and got them some negative backlash. And, you know, people are like, hey, Coke, I drink Pepsi anyway. You know, just like, come on. Read what they're actually trying to do. But I mean, just if you could, if you could just simplify it into, you know, one and two, one, don't be a douche. Two, if we see you being a douche, we're going to have a problem. I mean, it's that (laughs) simple, you know, I mean, race doesn't even have to be thrown in there. It's just don't be a motherfucking douche. I don't care who you are. It just don't. And douchery is a, a huge yeah, encompasses a huge amount of things. So, you know, we all know what it means. And once you start to feel like you might be going to the douche side, stop. Check yourself. You yeah. know, just, just yeah, stop. It's, <laughs> it's really simple. Treat everybody that you meet with kindness, dignity, and respect, and you'll get that in return. You know, treat everybody as, you know, you would want to be treated. Accept them. They'll accept you. And if they don't, move on. But, oh, my God, you know, uh, just another example of a corporation trying to do something and, you know, it backfired a little bit because they didn't do it the right way. Uh, And, you know, they didn't create the training course. It came from somewhere else. So they outsourced it. But I mean, I guess we could be thankful they weren't telling black people to be less black. I mean, that would have been worse. (laughs) That would have been that. Now, that would be super fucking racist right there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because the, I mean, the the first one is is a little racist, but the other one would have been much more racist. Yeah, oh, that's funny. I didn't know about that at all. Well, oh, yeah, um, yeah, that was a thing a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, I, I meant to bring it up earlier. It slipped my mind until then, but that's fine. It's fine. I, uh, it's it's funny. I mean, it goes in line with what we've been talking about. It's like corporations are not your friends. They're not ever yeah. trying to be your friend. And they want you to buy their product. Yeah, no, it. they want you to buy their product. That's all they fucking want. You're you're a monetary asset to them. That's it. Don't think it's anything more than that. Well, guys, why don't we go ahead and, and wrap up the show? Um, I uh, I need to eat. I haven't eaten today. Yeah, so. I'm ready for Me some too. lunch myself. It's two thirty here in the afternoon. It's so almost it's noon. eleven thirty. Eleven thirty for you, and you've not eaten breakfast yet. Huh. Well. Yeah, I started going back on the uh, intermittent fasting. So, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I don't. Eat, I don't eat until noon, but um, I would like to prepare food. So that's more so. What yeah, I there's no rule. There's no rule that you can't prepare it before noon. You just can't eat it before noon. Exactly. Um, Gives well, you more guys, time to eat. Uh, <laughs> 
It's true. It's true. Uh, next week, guys, we're going to be doing a classic uninhibited. It's kind of like what this was, except much less scheduled uh, topics and more just talking, just having a ca- just casual discussion and anything that pops into our head and kind of going A to D with it. Um, if you've been here for a past uninhibited, it's a really fun time. We just kind of talk about whatever. But we've been reviewing things every single week for several God, months now, now, since The Mandalorian yeah. came out. And that was back at yes. the end of October. Yeah, it was. It's been a lot. So, um, so yeah, just a regular inhibited tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but next week. Uh, guys, make sure you follow us on all the socials which are listed below. Uh, check the store. Check our store at, at Teespring. Um, if you want our, our designs on a shirt or a mug um, or or other products that they have, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, that's where you can do that. Um, it also helps support the show. It helps support us. So. Uh, check that out. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. I, I, I do, I keep saying this every single week, but I, I really need to actually film the reviews that I want to do. Uh, but this is where you can also find the video version of this podcast. We now do a video version where you can look at our faces while we talk about stuff on the show. Um, so go give that a follow. Um, that is, or subscribe, I guess that is it on my notes. Maya, where can, where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me on Facebook under my name. It's a public profile. Give me a follow. Send me a message. Shoot your shit. That's fine. I like talking to people. It's fun. Enjoy meeting new people. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, Twitter or Instagram, well, ugh, I need to slow down. Uh, you can do so there. Those are linked to my Facebook page. Uh, if you want to catch me on other shows that I appear on, I appear on two other podcasts, both around the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Uh, one is Figabangin, airs every other Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, new show this week. Uh, the other one is the uh, show Nerd Life Syndicate, which airs every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that's where we go into various uh, nerd culture, pop culture, entertainment news surrounding anything and everything in the nerd world, from comics, movies, video games, toys, you know, a, a wild, a wide variety. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Both shows are live. Come hang out in the live chat and talk to us. We respond, interact with our chat every week. It's a good time. That's everywhere where I'm at. What about you, Betty? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Betty Badger Ogletree. And you can find me on Twitter at Bright Betty. And you can find me here. That's it. What about you, Greg? <laughs> Uh, Chub Rock Geek on all social medias. Um, uh, Anthony and I have been talking. We're going to be adding more stuff to the Mission Start Podcast YouTube channel. Um, so if that if you're interested in gaming information, gaming, I'm not news per se, but definitely just like reviews and stuff. Go check that out. He does a lot of uh, fighting game based tournament stuff. So go check that out if that interests you. Um, I know he's going to upload my review of Immortals: Phoenix Rising here soon, which is way past due but whatever um so if you want to hear my opinion on that game go check that out it's a very short review i don't like to do long windy word long-winded reviews so um <laughs> long <yeah>. windy words <laughs> long windy words <sighs> windy words <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, again everybody uh uh Next week, no reviews, no shows. Just join us. We're going to have a discussion. 
of whatever the fuck comes to mind. Um, I love doing uninhibited. I kind of miss doing them. Uh, but with uh, weekly based review shows, it's kind of hard to do inhibited now. So uh, hats off to Maya for bringing that point up before we recorded. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be fun. Uh, again, like I said, join us and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Peace, loves and polypops. Take care, everybody. <laughs>